I believe there's a hero in all of us. You have great powers, only some of which you have as yet discovered. I'm a superhero, Mama. A real-life superhero. The world needs extraordinary. We will make you a superhero. Are you ready to become the hero? Initiating surprise in three. This, two, is one. The Real Brian Show. From 95 degrees to 30 in snow. That's how fast we go from hot to cold here on the Real Brian Show. Wait, no, that's that's not a good thing. That's awful. Yeah, no, no, yeah, no. That's no good. Okay. Uh, from no zero to sixty in three point six seconds. That's how fast Mister What goes in his brand new Tesla. Vroom, vroom. Oh yeah! Yes. Let's rock Let's it. it. Yeah, uh, we got to talk about your Tesla. Because it's here. There's not really a vroom vroom, I guess. It's is more it like a more a like whirring. a like that. Yeah. Whoosh, whoosh. Yeah. Because there's no engine. There's a motor. There's well, two there, motors. That's true. Two motors. Huh? I guess there's an engine. It's just a different type of engine. Yes. Mm, I, I can't wait. To I don't know it. anything about it. Except no, that it drives there's no fast. engine. You were right the first time. It's a motor. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. No, that's good. You're right. No engine, just a motor. Yes. Gentlemen, Mr. What? Lord Thunder, welcome back. Hey, thanks for having us. Thank well, you. Thank you for be being back. here. Appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. Okay, we got a lot to talk about today. Venom review and a couple of other movies as well. Ooh. A couple TV shows, updates and reviews. The return of some health stuff. I know some of you are squealing with the light right now. It's going to be a good discussion. Got some gaming updates. Great stuff here, of course. And... We're going to be talking about what we're nerding out about right now because that always brings forth scintillating conversation and benefit to your eardrums. And you know it, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I'm waiting. I, I'm waiting for like uh, Captain Influence slash Mike to be like, oh, yeah. I can't do his voice like Captain Influence does or Mike. But that's all right. Well, okay. I, I got to tell you guys. It's exciting to have you back because we always have things left over that we have to talk about, but we run out of time. So here we are again. And we are going to continue that. Yes. yes. We're uh, welcome get to, that to the leftovers. <laughs> <laughs> the leftovers. Warmed up just for you. Yeah. How, wait, how old are these leftovers now? Are we about a month old? Yeah. That's not, you know, I, yeah, it's all right. That's kind of <laughs> nasty, man. They're canned. Yeah. Do you like leftovers? It In, depends. Yes. Okay. Pizza, yeah. yeah. It all depends. You know, leftover fries, no. Salad, yeah. not yeah. so good. True. True. Yeah, good exactly. <laughs> what about leftover coffee? No. Okay. That's okay. a no no. I'd rather have Folgers. <laughs> that's bad. <laughs> Even I'm bad. I, I used to drink leftover coffee, and then you know what was revolutionary for me? And this is probably going to sound dumb to most people, but when I discovered thermoses and these vacuum sealed ones mm. where. It'll keep your coffee hot for six, six, seven hours. Changed my life. The hydro flask. Yes. They're awesome. They were experimenting for a while with those. They're basically ice cubes in the shape of a coffee bean. And they, you know, like a big coffee bean. And they would keep your drink super warm somehow through. I, I don't even know what the, the thing was, but I don't know if they ever really got it to work fully because I think they were trying to keep it steaming hot. And I think it kept it hot. Not quite. Wait, you, you put know? ice in your drink to keep it warm. Well, it's not an ice cube. It's a. It's it looks like a, an ice cube, but it's you know silver. It's like a hot cube. 
Yeah, exactly. It's some kind of a thermal uh, reaction that's going on inside. You put it uh, in, you yeah. pour your coffee, and it keeps it hot. Weird. I don't know oh, the cool. technology behind it. But yeah, they were on Shark Tank a few years ago, and uh-huh. I don't know wherever they went. I thought this is a uh. great idea. Oh, well. Thunder. I can brew coffee and then put it in the refrigerator and, you know, just cover it up and then drink it cold the next morning, and it just tastes like a cold brew. So it doesn't taste old, doesn't taste weird. The problem is, is when you reheat it, that's where it becomes like, oh. Yeah, well, cold brews are, are normally meant to, you have to let those sit for a while to, to cold brew, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think a couple of leftovers for me is like, you know, days old. <laughs> well, that's what about one story. day old. One day old is fine. That's totally fine. Okay, I'm just not going to reheat coffee for sure. That's not going to happen. You know, those glass bun you know, coffee makers where it's like, I mean, they're the bun. That's the brand, the B U N N. And then it's got those glass things and they just sit there on the burner all day. And the coffee is just oh, constantly yeah. cooking and burning. And then they they pour it in your cup and you're just like office uh, coffee. Basically. That's like cigarette ashtray coffee. Yeah. And that, that's <laughs> what, I'm glad you said that because I always tell people bad espresso tastes like ground up cigarettes. Yeah. Me. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. So, it's so true. You, yeah. Bad. Like you go into a hotel and it's hit or miss, but sometimes they give you coffee and you take one sip and you're like, I would rather die of thirst than finish this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I did have a really good coffee drink and, and it's really not that unique per se, but it's just the way that it's done. Three shots of espresso. You can go decaf if you want. Depends on what you need here one pump of white chocolate and then you pour it over ice. So mm. it's sort of like a, an Americano, but I always ask them to put in like two thirds to three quarters cup of ice. You know, it stays cold, stays iced, but it's not like super watered down. So it's still mostly espresso with just one pump of white chocolate and you can add mm. your half and half slash cream to taste. Very rich, very good. Just a slight sweetness to kind of round out the flavor. And then of course the cream to give the creaminess. That is one sexy drink. That is. (laughs) That's a sexy drink. Having one of those right now. Oh, Oh, yeah. (laughs) Come on. This is it. Oh, baby. baby. Come on, that. You're going to need a disclaimer for this one. (laughs) And and not safe for work or something. (laughs) Here's what I'm thinking. We should call it the Barry White. That's the drink. The espresso is called the berry white because it's that it's sexy. And it's got the white chocolate. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that works, but it's, but it's, it's the white, ironic, yeah, the white chocolate white. Yeah, well, oh, that, that is true. That's an ironic drink. Perfect. <laughs> speaking, speaking of ironic foods here, I want to shout out here to Johnny Pistol Shot who brought me a bag of this popcorn. He's been telling me about this for a while. It's called GH Crater's. I guess they've been around since 1885. I've never heard of them. And he's like, dude, these are so good. And it's called the mix. So they have buttery caramel corn and real cheddar cheese corn mixed together. And you're supposed to eat them at the same time. It's good. Sounds good. Yeah. Why not? It's really good. Yeah. Now, here's what's amazing. These are all non GMO corn and everything in it. And I- I'm kind of blown away. Like something you'd see like, oh yeah, whatever. Let's just, let's get the best genetically modified corn ever. And just put it in there and cheapen it up. There's actually some decent ingredients in here. It's actually real stuff. G.H. Craters. And that's like C-R-E-T-O-R-S. Not like Crator, like the great American crater. It's like great. I I wonder where you find that at. Apparently like Sam's or Costco kind of places. 
okay. I've never seen them personally. Oh, and they're gluten-free, by the way, which they should be, but you know, you never know with some of the stuff they put on them. So there you go. But yeah, you eat, uh, I have them right here, man, and I'm, I'm thinking about gnawing on some. But yeah, caramel and cheddar mixed. Oh, it's so good. So Do you eat thanks. while you podcast? Not typically sometimes? because then I like choke um, when I try to talk. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I mean, popcorn kind of, you know, gets back in, in your throat. Oh, okay. So you got to make sure you're I drinking mean, a lot of water. Yeah. Typically, I think people don't want to hear that. But maybe if you're you're talking about some really good food and then you take a bite. Well, if it's like Sean Connery when he's eating, I mean, it's it goes back to your sexy. He's like, you know, I'm just I'm going to give us yeah. one chance in three. Popcorn flying all out of your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> Cookie monster. <laughs> I have it here. I can smell it. I can get excited about it. And maybe if you guys go off on some rant, then I'll eat. We'll see. You put it on mute. Yeah. Hey, can I just share another awesome food with you really quickly? Mm-hmm. Sarah made sure. these marinated elk steaks, like actual elk, marinated them for at least 24 hours, turned it into a fajita. So I, you know, chop them up into little bites and all that. And then you've got bell peppers, the onions, which are buttered onions, you know, kind of fry them in butter kind of thing. You uh, marinate them with the actual elk steaks. And then, of course, you cook everything and then you grate fresh horseradish on top and then pour a little bit. A little bit of apple cider vinegar in it, and then you know, grate some cheese on top if you want. You know what you should do? You need to start a food podcast. <laughs> well, but I mean, just throw is, some recipes out there because the stuff you have is just amazing. Yeah, I was. I don't know if I could do an entire food podcast because I enjoy eating food. I don't know if I like talking about it as much, and I don't really want to teach people how to cook. If that then makes just sense, just do a, a podcast where you eat. That's a see. <laughs> Maybe we could just have segments of the real Brian show where it's just where all we're talking about is food. We're sampling it in person live. Yeah, that sounds cool. We can talk with That's our awesome. mouths full. <laughs> just the other day. So I was in the middle of a, another run of eating. Then my wife made just out of the blue because she had all these onions that she bought on special. She made uh, chicken vindaloo, which is my favorite mm. dish in the world. And she knows that. And she knows I can't have it when I'm on keto. And it's the only time she's ever made it in the whole <laughs> like 15 years we've known each other. And so I just oh, went man. off the keto and ate it. And it was great. Yeah. What's the diff? <laughs> Wait, why is that not keto? Uh, there's some sugary cinnamon and um, tamarind and even onions if you eat too many. Okay. Uh, are not keto. Well, but uh, I don't know what replace, else was in there. You have to replace carbs on fat, right? keto yeah yeah basically you eat a lot of meat and fats and you eat vegetables too but um yeah basically that what you just said you replace carbs with fat so your body is used to using glucose as its primary source of energy but if you switch over to fat ironically enough your body will make a shift and then it will start burning more fat because it switches over to using fat as its primary source of energy and then you actually lose weight i was in the fitness like industry for a little bit a couple years and I've met people that were on keto and they they were so detailed with it where you start getting that kind of metallic smell almost. It's like kind of metallic almost. It's weird. Well, I, I did it for several months and I lost about 30 pounds and I felt wow. great. And I don't know, man. Sometimes, you know, you just can't smell yourself because you're just there all the time. So nobody ever said anything. Well, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> they might just be being nice. <laughs> you, you do hear that though, the, the smell of ketones. I've never smelled yep. them myself. Yeah. Oh yeah, actually people's breath changes and it has this like fruity smell, but I think that might just be early on in the process when you're not burning them as efficiently so they're coming out 
into your breath and maybe your sweat or something, which sounds really gross to talk about. But anyway, I think once yeah. your body gets more, they call it fat adapted and can burn the ketones more efficiently, then maybe that's not as big of a thing. Mm. Gotcha. And I understand like keto is pretty strict as far as what you can and can't eat. But I'll tell you, like going back to the Vindaloo, the chicken Vindaloo, how much sugar was actually really in it? Was it a lot yeah. or was it just I mean, more like know. a sprinkling? You yeah, know I mean? it could have been fine actually. I didn't. I didn't even know exact because you can make chicken vindaloo a million different ways. Sure, and and you could probably make a keto friendly. In fact, I think I've actually seen keto friendly recipes. Keto is sort of restrictive, but if you go online, there's all these experts now who come out with these recipes, and you can make a version of just about anything. Okay, so you know if you work at it, you can eat a lot of different. I like they have keto candy bars and keto pizza and all different kinds of stuff like that. You know the best keto pizza so there's a couple of them one's called fathead pizza it's made out of cauliflower like mashed cauliflower is your crust your dough essentially and butter and fat and other things which actually is really good but i'll tell you the best one i found was giant portobello mushrooms and just use those as your crust Mm. and it's just honestly i kind of almost like it better than eating bread at times (laughs) i the one i made you get this canned chicken and you mash it up and you had uh, I haven't made it in a while, but lots of cheese to bind it together an egg, and it's actually the crust. Nice. And then you wow. put, you know regular pizza toppings on it, and it's really good. Yeah, that sounds that good. sounds amazing. I think I've mentioned this on the show, but if you go to Chicago and you want a gluten free option over at Lou Malnati's Pizza, it's just all sausage. It's just sausage crust. <laughs> it's so awesome, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, amazing. You went on this for three months. Are you still doing Longer, keto? Even. Oh, okay. I. Did it for several months and then I actually decided when I started, I'm going to really go at this for a while. I've treated it like a science experiment, you know, see how I, my body responds, how I feel. And it was great. So I went even longer. But after a while, I'm like, okay, now I'm going to go back and take breaks because I don't want to live a life without pastries and sure. chocolate or different things. And so now I kind of go back and forth, like I'll go a month on, a month off. I want to keep it in my life forever, but I'm not nearly as strict as I used to be. You said you lost 35 pounds. Questions on how you felt and then also if you did any blood work like before and after blood work. The first week is hard Mm -hmm. because your body is not used to that. You feel like you have the flu. But once you get through that, yeah, it's pretty common. And there's ways to lessen that. You just drink a lot of salt water, salted water. You need electrolytes. Because you, your body, you lose a lot of water weight when you're not sure. eating carbs. Then after that, after I got through that period, I, I felt great. My mind really did feel clearer than normal. And that's one thing about keto that's great. It kind of clears your head. And then I started losing weight and I felt really good just, you know, because you lose all that weight off your body. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, but I didn't lose enough that it was unhealthy. I, I didn't let myself get too low. I was, sure. you know, I, I could have stand to lose a few pounds. So I felt felt really good. I didn't do blood work. The only thing I do is I check my ketone levels. I do that at home. I got a little kit here. I would do that every so often just to make sure that I was in ketosis. So you can take a drop of blood and this little machine tells you. Yeah, But they're coming out with studies that say cholesterol is not maybe as bad as people have made it out to be. That maybe it's not even a cause of heart disease. So I feel like all that stuff is kind of unsettled. Well, they're saying that eating cholesterol is not a cause of heart disease, but your cholesterol levels in your blood still have risk 
But like a lot of times they were saying your cholesterol levels in your blood are directly affected by the cholesterol that you consume. And now they're saying, well, no, that's not true. Yeah. Cholesterol and in your even, blood is affected by like grains and sugars. And we all know too that there's what's been called good cholesterol and bad cholesterol. But yeah. now there's suggestions that even within what was called bad cholesterol, there's forms of that that aren't that are you actually need cholesterol to, to yeah. live. Yeah, totally. But um, whoever's listening to this. Definitely go out and do your own research. And yeah, I obviously am not as well versed in it as someone who's an expert, but, but this even is just then, kind like, of things that I've been reading. Who really is an expert anymore? Because they keep finding things that are like contradicting everything we've always <laughs> yeah. thought we knew. You know, you ever seen that time traveler? I think it was on Funny <laughs> or Die. You ever seen that where uh-huh. he comes in? It's a time traveler who's like somehow ends up in the bathroom and comes out and sees this couple eating, and he's like, "Oh, don't eat." Uh, cheese and fats it's you got to eat low fat oh okay okay and then he goes back and then he comes back later oh no no now they found out that it's okay and you can't have this <laughs> takes yeah. the orange juice away whatever he, he comes back three or four times and then the last time he's like ah it doesn't really matter yeah you whatever you want <laughs> well it goes back to the advice i always said is eat whatever eat what you like that likes you back yeah which i think Listen is really good advice kind of yeah exactly because yeah. everybody's different you know and it's hard to say you know does does pizza treat me well I don't know, probably not, but I like it, you know, so I don't know. So then in that case, yeah, things like that, you just need to do in moderation. Exactly. I mean, if I have a choice, I don't want to cut pizza out. I don't want to cut out desserts once in a while and stuff like that. But I also know that if I eat it all the time, I'm probably going to pay for it in the long run. And that's not a good idea. So protein is something that I personally require a lot of. And I know they'll say, oh, protein, protein. Yeah, it's it's a weird thing. If I don't get protein, I have issues. And no, you do eat a lot of protein on keto. You just have to make sure that you your ratio of protein to fat is is the right ratio. Exactly. But what they'll say to do is intermittent fasting, which is, you know, go at least. So, well, this is what we should be doing anyway, right? We should all yeah. go at least 12 hours between dinner the night before and breakfast the next day. We should always be doing that at least. Right. But they're even saying go as long as 16 18, 20 hours, even maybe even 20. Well, they're not saying 24, but I think they're saying between 16 and 18 hours. 24 would just be not eating. If it was 23 hours and 59 minutes, then you could just have a one minute. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I can tell you when I was doing the whole fitness thing, um, I would fast pretty much from like 7 p.m. up until about 1 p.m. And I felt great. Yeah, it's really hard to maintain, though. That's the only problem. When you're doing it every day, it gets really hard to maintain. I was doing 16 hours of in between. Yeah. And I felt really good doing that, but I just, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard, yeah. <laughs> it's a job. Really. And I felt like crap doing that. So, like, I would go from, you know, 8 or 9 p.m. because that's usually when I would eat dinner. And I would just wait. I would skip breakfast and have, like, coffee or something and then put in the the butter and the MCT oil kind of stuff. Yeah, the bulletproof sure. coffee. Exactly. Yeah, and yeah. then I wouldn't eat, you know, anything really until like 2 or 3 p.m. that day. And I felt horrible. I mean, I felt dizzy and woozy and sick constantly. And finally, well, I, that's said, my problem. I have to have protein. And so if I would just get up and eat eggs in the morning, I was fine. Yeah, that's not and for that's you a, then. Exactly. Yeah, you listen to your exactly. And so that's, that's why I had to stop doing it because, you know, everyone knows my job is very customer facing and I can't visit a customer and, and you know, I'm primed to snap on them because my head is all messed up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can see you in on this meeting and somebody just says something that's just kind of dumb and you're like, shut up. You are, yeah, you just, are out of your mind. You just freak out. Now just, give me some yeah. bacon. 
Yeah, I, I could imagine seeing Lord Thunder just freak out and like all of a sudden lightning is coming out of your hands and you're just like shocking the person. Yeah, we, we need to avoid that as much as possible. Eat more protein. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. Man. Keep yeah. your head right. <laughs> okay, well, good to know. So like you said, it's not for everybody, but there are a lot of benefits to keto. I think one of the things I've seen with keto and paleo and everything else is fats are not evil. People know there are bad yeah. fats, of course, but there are a lot of really right. good fats. It's necessary. Those are good for us. You know, healthy proteins are excellent for us. But I think another thing I see about keto and paleo and other other things like that is you eat more vegetables than most people, which is huge. Well, paleo is more vegetables. Keto, that can be a way that people mess up on keto because oh, okay. the main things that you focus on on keto is limiting your carbs and making sure that, like I said, the ratio of fat to protein is right. And so in that limiting of carbs, if you look up carbs and vegetables, most vegetables have carbs. And so some people might go, well, I can't have vegetables. And it's not a core tenet of keto per se to eat any vegetables. But if you want to be healthy, you need to eat vegetables. And I know some keto people who are especially like, I don't care. I'm going to eat as many greens as, you know, every day, eat lots of greens. And I think that's the right way to do it. Yeah, I would agree. Well, you do need those. And I think that that's, you you see the vegetarians and the vegans, their whole thing is, well, meat's bad for us. But what some other studies are now saying is that eh, it's less about the meat. Of course, the sourcing of the meat. Yes. If you're eating McDonald's hamburgers, yeah, you're killing yourself. But if you're eating grass fed or you're going out hunting elk or something like that, you know, you're, you're probably getting good meat. But the whole thing they're seeing is that one of the biggest reasons why vegans and vegetarians tend to be a little healthier is because they're just eating more vegetables. That's really simply that. But then they're also saying that some vegans now are struggling with health because they're not getting enough protein in their diet or they're, they're, you know, they're filling their calories with unnecessary carbs, which goes back to, again, it's balance, man. I mean, as as I'm literally saying this, it goes back to balance. Absolutely. So yeah, when I I was a vegetarian for a few years in college and I just go to Taco Bell all the time and I didn't really do it right. So you got (laughs) to do it right. But can I give like a keto resource? Just sure. For people who are curious, one great resource that I found is called ketoconnect.net. They have tons of recipes, more than you would know what to do with, and just some starter information about how to get started and what keto is and all that if you're interested. Ketoconnect.net. Awesome. I don't have anything to do with that, but it's been really useful for me. Yeah, no, that's helpful. So we'll we'll put it in the show notes and make sure that if you want to, if you just want to check it out and see what they're doing and try some things, go for it. Awesome. Thanks, man. Well, thanks for sharing that. I wanted to know. We've been talking about this now for a couple couple weeks now, and I've been wanting to hear about what your results have been and what you're actually doing. So most cool. appreciated. All right. Let's talk about TV real quick. Black Lightning's back. Yes. Lord I Thunder. Watched it yet, quick review, non-spoilery, but you and I both loved season one of Black Lightning. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I thought it was oh, fantastic. Yeah. Had a lot of, uh, in my opinion, kind of a Luke Cage feel. Not necessarily a copy, just you know, a lot of that feel of the the quality of Luke Cage that I really liked. Oh, I was so excited to hear season two and it opened and I watched it this week. And, uh, wow. It was weak, man. Weak. Oh, the entire season is not going to be like that. I, it felt like a CW soap opera. Oh no. It just went from like classic, awesome season one, black lightning to, Oh geez, here we go again. I was so disappointed, man. And the thing is, is I'm sitting here going the whole time. Like what, what is going on? There was a lot of talking. You know, season one, there was talking, but there was a lot of action. There was a lot of movement. There was a lot of great story development. 
this first episode, I seriously felt like I was watching an actual soap opera. They're just talking the whole time. <laughs> and I'm like, what? And it was disjointed. It was all over the place. There was no story development. There was, I, I literally was completely confused when it ended at the end. I was like, wait, what just happened? So I, man, I'm giving it a two out of 10. It was bad. Do you know if anything changed behind the scenes, showrunner, writers, anything like that? I don't. I don't think so. No. The only thing, only thing I can think of is just like with Arrow and Flash, they had season one perfectly scripted out in advance and then they just did it. Then it's like season two got renewed and they went, oh, okay, what are we going to (laughs) do? That's the only thing I can think of. Right. Yeah. Because there's more slump. Yeah, there's nothing. I'm curious to hear your thoughts, Lord Thunder, because I really loved season one and this just felt like a really bad, like Supergirl episode or something like that. What? Oh, wow. I mean, That's very low. <laughs> well, okay. Maybe not that bad, but <laughs> sorry, Supergirl fans. You know, I could give you a, an overview of what I feel like for, uh, well, so I'm kind of really, really tired and disappointed with DC, especially with this latest news that's going around. It's, they haven't made it official, but the whole DC uh, movie universe is just falling apart like by yeah. the second. And I'm not sure what's going on with that. I'll, I, what I know is that DC needs to be spun off from Warner Brothers. They need, they need to be let go. Well, did you hear, Brothers, just, they hear don't the, know what they're doing. Did you hear the news about James Gunn? No. Yeah, he's, 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 on, he's doing DC projects now, right? He's doing uh, Suicide Squad 2. Right. Hmm. Which I think is cool because... I thought it was a travesty that he got kicked off of Guardians of the Galaxy three. Yeah, because of right, stuff yeah. because of really really nasty jokes he made ten, 10 years ago. Years ago, yeah, get jokes, over it. It's over. Not real. And he's sorry, and he's already apologized. And come on, but so anyway, I Disney know. Disney, who has their own history of off color crap, let him go and off Guardians of the Galaxy, which was a marriage made in heaven. Yeah, and a huge loss for them. So now he's on. Suicide Squad. I didn't even see the first one because it got lukewarm reviews. I, I kind of curious, but just didn't get around to it. it was all right. I, I feel like James Gunn with his off-color humor could really kick that into to the next level big time. Like I'm, yeah. I'm on board for that. I think sure. it would fit for that. Yeah. What I can say is, if, if Henry Cavill is not Superman anymore, yeah, uh, DC's not getting any more of my money. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's, that's a done deal, say. right? It was in the news, but then I heard not for sure. It's it's not for sure, but that that whole cameo thing in Shazam is kind of where all this got sour, basically. Yeah. What's that? They're expecting uh, Henry Cavill to do a cameo in Shazam, but his schedule's busy, and he he can't just sit around and wait for Warner Brothers to figure out what they want, right? So his yeah. schedule's busy, and Warner wasn't happy about that. Basically, that's the story. Uh, so they're punishing him. They're like, well, if you can't do this, you're not going to be Superman anymore, basically. Oh, jeez. Oh, I see. Well, I mean, the fact that they're already rebooting Joker again, it's like, okay, we go from, I mean, I know the Heath Ledger thing was, was a tragic situation, but then, you know, you bring in Jared Leto and he's in all of the recent movies and then, oh wait, no, hold on. Let's bring in Joaquin Phoenix now. Well, why, why aren't you bringing Jared Leto back? Well, cause Jared Leto is now Morbius in that, uh, Marvel. (laughs) He wasn't that good. Was he? I mean, I didn't see it, but that's what I heard. He he was a different kind of Joker, but he got no screen time. Like you didn't really, okay. probably even saw him, basically. So yeah, I don't know. Well, I, who's doing the Joker movie? Phoenix, Joaquin Phoenix. Phoenix, Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, yeah but who's who's the oh, writer or director? I don't even know. I think it's somebody good. It just I'm, feels like 
okay, we can't keep any consistency and you know anything together uh-huh. anymore. We're just jumping all over the place. I know. Yeah. And it's, again, this goes back to what I was saying about Black Lightning. And it's just like, you know, they were jumping all over. And I'm like, what is going on? Like, why can't anybody just, st- I don't I don't understand it. I know some people disagree with Captain Influence's thoughts on Hollywood. And I've had a few comments on that. Sorry, Captain Influence. But, you know, the whole that Hollywood's writers are all a big joke now and they don't know how to tell stories anymore. But I actually am starting to agree with him more and more because I'm seeing things that it's just lazy writing. And I don't know if it's lazy in the sense that they don't have the skills they once did. Maybe they're not getting the training that you used to get. Or they're just doing too much. I'm not really sure, but mm-hmm. I, I, I think know. a lot of times it's when corporate interests muddle things up. Like even Avengers Ultron, Joss Whedon, who's a great writer, but the execs get in there and make him do certain things. Or Spider-Man Three with mm-hmm. Sam Raimi, yeah, they oh, yeah. Like mandate that Venom's got to be in there, and so they kind of. I mean, that's probably not the whole problem, but I think sometimes it's part of the problem. Yeah, Todd Phillips is doing the new Joker, who did the Hangover trilogy. Are you serious? Right. <laughs> oh, God. And there you go. <laughs> we are in. Uh, go. Oh, my gosh. You know, you know I can tell <laughs> you know what I am waiting for, though, and I'm really excited about it is Spawn. So I we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. I hope it's good. Dude. I Tom really McFarland. hope it's good. Since we were bringing up the whole Marvel Universe and DC and everything, did see Venom. And actually, I wanted to play uh, Martin. The Flash, he has a little bit of feedback here for Venom and then also A Star is Born, which I, I think it's about Lady Gaga. I know she's in it, but I think it was actually about her story. But I wanted to play that first, and then I'm going to share my thoughts on Venom as well. So here we go. Hey, Real Brian, This is The Flash. You sent out a call for feedback, old style. So get prepared for an 18-minute law. Okay, no, no, I'm just kidding. You asked for some movie reviews because you know I went to see Venom and A Star is Born this weekend. And I'm guessing you and your listeners want to know if they are worth seeing. And I'm here to tell you, yes, both of them are. First off, Venom. This is not your normal superhero movie. Don't expect something light and colorful and all heroic because it's not. It's dark, it's twisted, it's moody. It does get funny throughout, but you have to be prepared for its dark kind of humor. I really enjoyed it. This is the Venom that we should have got way back in Spider-Man 3. But alas, here he is in his own solo movie. And don't expect it to be connected to Spider-Man at all. It is not. He's on his own. They give you a huge origin story, which is really good because it explains a lot and what this universe is that they're setting up. And they just have a lot of fun with it. It's definitely worth going to see. You don't need to see it in 3D. I mean, I always see things in 3D because I feel more immersed in the movie, but they didn't utilize it a lot that you're going to miss something if you don't go. But definitely stay halfway through the credits because there's a bonus scene in there that's just total fan service and excites you for the second movie if it manages to do well enough that they get a sequel. And on a completely opposite scale of the spectrum is A Star is Born with Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga like you've never seen her before. I took Patty Spivett to see this as a date night out, and man, did we both love it. It's powerful, it's dramatic, it really pulls on the emotions. The music is absolutely amazing. I mean, it, it, it's rock and roll with a slight kind of country undertones to it, but the singing is just so good. And Bradley Cooper, I, I'm so impressed. I had no idea he could sing. That guy really is a triple threat, and I've always preferred him more in his serious roles anyway. Lady Gaga, she's amazing. I had no idea she could act like that. She's phenomenal, and she definitely deserves to get a nod for the Oscars. 
So if you want something that's not action and explosions and not based on superheroes like we've had mostly lately, go see A Star is Born. It's so worth it. I loved it, and I love the music. I'm thinking on getting the soundtrack. The entire cast is just so good in this movie. It's definitely worth seeing. Hope that gives you guys a little taste of those two movies. If you want a full-on review, check out my new Cyber Movie Review segment that's part of the Cybercast show. Brian's got the details for you. This is The Flash, signing off. Awesome. That's great. Great review. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I've been actually very interested in seeing A Star is Born, and I had forgotten all about it until Martin mentioned that. It's gotten very good reviews. It looks interesting. The, The preview looked interesting to me, too. Totally different, like he said, but looked interesting. Now, one thing I'll say about Venom is there's actually a thing at the end of the credits, which is sort of related, but sort of not related. So just kind of an FYI in case you don't, you don't want to stay to the very, very end. But I agree. Venom was great. I didn't think it was quite as dark as Twisted. It was funny. He was telling me, he's like, oh, it's so dark and Twisted. Just be careful. And I went in there like expecting that. And it wasn't as much as I expected personally. Yeah, there's some darker humor, some other things like that. It's Venom. I thought it was really good. I actually read some reviews where people were like, ah, it's terrible. Don't see it. It's not worth it. Probably super comic nerds who just, you know, cannot break away from the fact that it's different. (laughs) You know what I mean? Mm. Well, that's what it is. We know that. It's always that, right? Yeah, it always is that way. So we go in expecting that. We don't have any expectations and we enjoy it and it's fun. But it was a good movie. I thought it was worth seeing. Was it like a horror movie kind of? Not really interested for sure right yeah the previews looked great but then i was kind of disheartened at at the reviews but it sounds like i should go give it a shot anyway yeah i'd give it a shot the reviews that were negative that i saw were complaining because it was again different from what they wanted Mm -hmm. when you're going in with that type of an expectation yeah it's gonna suck you have to imagine that sooner or later they have to get the idea that you know a comic book movie is loosely based on a comic but it's not going to be the comic book yeah it's not made for that crowd, right? It's made for to kind of please more than just a comic, mm-hmm. uh, you know, nerd. Yeah. Especially when it's based on a character who is the villain of Spider-Man and there's no Spider-Man in this movie. So you got to yeah. expect that right. it's going to be different. Yeah. And in that sense, I actually liked it because they explained the lore pretty nicely. But where it goes from here will be interesting. And I wonder if they will eventually connect it with Spider-Man. That'd be cool. Well, not sure. I heard um, that Tom Hardy has a three movie contract and if the three movies do well, then they'll see what they could do to get inside of the universe. Sure. But right now it's a standalone. If you're looking for a little more family friendly fun, I know that, you know, there are quite a few listeners that have kids and stuff. There is kind of a fun little movie for Halloween house with a clock in its walls. Jack Black. I saw it. it it's fun. I'll, I'll tell you this because I went with a friend of mine and he was even saying that he didn't bring his kids to it because there are some parts in it that are a little creepy. Not like scary, but just kind of creepy. And you're like, yeah, that might give them nightmares kind of thing. So just keep that in mind, depending on how young they are. But it's a fun movie. Also, if you're looking for just a super duper, ridiculously cheesy, family friendly show, because I like to kind of, you know, have a little variety in my life on Netflix. Again, October, The Worst Witch. It's actually based on a book. It's kind of a cheesy version of Harry Potter. It's good. I think it's actually really well done. It's cheesy. I'm telling you right now, it's super cheesy, but it's really good. It's fun to watch. Yeah. It's not, you know, black lightning or, you know, venom kind of intensity that we all like. But if you're looking for something light and fun, it's it's a good show. I'm still going with last ship, man. Season three now, you know, there's not a lot of episodes in the season. I think season two, hands down, was the best so far. There's a lot of political side of things in season three, which eh, it's not my favorite thing in the world. 
But about halfway through the season of season three, which is where I'm at right now, they start focusing back on what I think made seasons one and two great, which is, you know, the crew being on one ship together and it's them against the world kind of thing. I don't know. The, I, I still don't know this show that you're the, the last ship. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing. Like it was one of those TV shows that hardly anybody heard about for whatever reason. And somehow I found out about it, watched a couple of episodes and then couldn't get access to it for years. And then somebody else mentioned it. The, or no, I, you know what it was is I was, I mentioned this on a couple shows ago that we were just at the library and I was like, Oh yeah, the library's got DVDs. And so I'm looking around and I see the last ship and I'm like, dude, they've got, I'm going to watch this now. They have the seasons right here. I'm going to take them home and watch them. It's an amazing show. It's a TNT show. It's extremely well done. It's based. The premise is not going to give too much away, but this virus like globally sweeps the world and you've got this massive pandemic and they are the last Navy ship that's operating that was outside of the hot zone. And so they're fighting to find a cure. They're fighting to restore order in the United States and so on and so forth. It's a really, really good show though. The, the problem these days is there are so many shows like if exactly any one of these shows go back to 1995, it would be the only show. And if we had a geeky podcast, someone would have mentioned it. And of course we would all be watching it. Yeah. Like it would be like X files, you know, but these days I swear every day somebody mentions a show that's been on for three seasons and I've never heard of. I'm totally into pop culture. It's crazy. (laughs) How does this happen? Yeah. Well, you know, what's interesting is they're pushing, they're heavily marketing some of these shows that really, in my opinion, are pretty average and sometimes not that good. And, and then things the, slip under the radar. Yeah, yeah. The really good shows don't get marketed. And so it's, it's like music, you know, top 40 after a while, you're like, ah, boring. It's the same, you know, structure yeah. as every other song. Go dig deeper and find stuff kind of under the radar. And all of a sudden you find some good gems. Okay, I mean, but, yeah. I was doing a podcast on Ash versus evil dead, which yeah. is a sequel to the evil dead movies that came out in the eighties. And, it was very dark humor but it, and gory, but it was so good. My, I loved it so much. And they canceled it after three seasons. And of course they did. It just breaks my heart. And there were less so than good. a million people watching each episode of that. Yeah. Okay. So this goes back to, you know, when I had Kevin, the podcast overlord on the show, it's the same kind of thing. You've got a show like wine on a herb, which is actually a really, really well done show, but nobody knows about it. They don't have a marketing budget. It's a total, you know, indie kind of sci-fi thing. And the only reason that they're still going and keep getting renewed is because of the fandom that Kevin and his podcast have brought together and pushed. And so that's, that's awesome. I think what it takes is you've got to get you these think Kevin fandoms. Had something to do with that. Well, they've told him. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, sure. They specifically so told cool. him that the reason the show is still going is because of the fandom that you have like created and brought together. And you've told us uh-huh. that you want this. That's the only reason why is still going too, because because of my podcast. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Well, claim yeah, it, baby. Claim it. You know that's the truth. Yes. You know that's the truth. Though. Absolutely. <laughs> people are watching. People are listening to your podcast and not watching the show. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what happened. There with, are a few people who've told me that. That's what happened that's with Arrow Squad in season four. <laughs> oh gosh. I, I did find a good show though. I did yep. find another good show that I liked a lot. It's called Manifest. Oh yeah. Is that good? Okay. I, I was wondering. I really like it. It kind of reminds me of um, kind of fringy a little bit. Nice. Yeah, I, it's a it's a really good show. I like it a lot. So, One of those again that's not getting it it's not getting marketed, but yeah, I've seen it. It looks interesting. Yeah, it's it's definitely interesting. Yeah, nice. Here's a funny thing. You brought up the '90s and how back you know in the '90s you have like a show and everybody talks about it. Do you mm-hmm. guys? I mean, you you guys might, but do you remember the show Sequest from the '90s? Yeah, 
Okay. I, I do now. Sequest you DSV. Now. Yeah. <laughs> Did you watch it back then? Yeah, I watched it every once in a while. I, I, I didn't, I wasn't like into every episode, but yeah, okay. I'd watch it. Well, so you know me with the ocean stuff. I love the ocean stuff. I was a huge fan of that show. It's so funny because back then I, I do remember there was Star Trek The Next Generation. There was Sequest. As far as the nerdier types of shows, you had your mainstream, you know, like Dr. Quinn medicine woman kind of shows, you know, but then you had like Sequest and you had Earth 2 or something like that. And then there was the there was a sci fi one and I can't remember the name of it, but um, it sliders a, or no well, sliders was around in the 90s. Yeah, it was good. I don't know. It was it was a sweet show, but they were on a ship and they would fly fighters around and they, they fought the chigs and I can't remember the name of the show and somebody's going to be like, dude, that was uh, whatever, but it was such a great show. It'll come to me later anyway, but that was it. You had like four or five shows and they were, you know, they kind of overlapped each other, but that was it. Everybody knew what the shows were. And it's so funny because now looking how many shows Space we have above today and beyond. Thank you. Space above and beyond. It was a one season. That was a sweet show, dude. Super cheesy now, but everything in the nineties is cheesy now, but Hey, it's <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's funny though, because Jonathan Brandis, who a lot of people probably don't even know who he is anymore, but he was a kind of a child teen star of the nineties and unfortunately committed suicide in 2003. But I know. Yeah. Yeah. It was sad because he was, he was a good actor. He said in 1993 or 94, when this show came out, I think it was 93 because the show takes place in this year, 2018. And he said in 2018, this is going to be like the coolest show ever. Everybody's going to be talking about it. They're all going to be watching it. And I'm like, I don't even know anyone that hardly knows about the show anymore. Yeah, because we have so many options, but it's just kind of it goes back to what you said is that back then it's like, you know, we have a couple shows and it's going to become this hit and it's going to last forever until we get a lot of options. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be I forgotten. Mean, I even feel like it's weird because you know, the show, the big shows that people still kind of know about and maybe talk about are like Game of Thrones and even Walking Dead, even though that's on the wane. Yeah. Um, those also, you know, those started like 2010, 2011, around then. I feel like in the last few years, it's just been an explosion of shows and channels and Netflix has a new show almost literally every day. Oh my God. Right. So once all these shows that we rally around are over then I kind of wonder what the landscape is going to be like, because there are, like you just mentioned, a lot of great shows that just don't get watched. I think it is because of marketing, but also just because there's so many of them. It's going to be be different for uh, for guys like us doing podcasts and stuff. Yeah. We're going to be forgotten, you know, because something (laughs) new will come out. So it's like, you either got to keep going or kind of keep creating new stuff because TV shows that run every season and then take a summer break are almost becoming obsolete because you've got all these binge worthy shows that keep coming out and getting in front of us that you forget. Oh, it's fall. I forgot that show's already out and I've missed the first four weeks. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll watch it later. Yeah. yeah, like I'll get to it later. I'm binging on another show right now. That's in front of me. Interesting yeah, uh, time, man. All right, Mr. What? Tell us about your Tesla, man. We got We got to get into this. Okay. Yeah. So on uh, April 1st, 2016, I plunked down a thousand dollars with the idea that I, uh, for a reservation for a Tesla model three, which they had just announced and that's their car for the masses supposedly because it costs half as much as Tesla's used to cost. Mm-hmm. So I've been waiting for two and a half years. And finally, two weeks ago, I picked up my pearl white all wheel drive. Tesla Model 3. And it is amazing. I mean, what I love about what 
Elon Musk did is I want to save the planet. I'm, and, you know, I want to help the environment. But I always thought of electric cars as being dinky and anemic. And so what Elon Musk did is he made electric cars that even if you don't really care that much about the environment, they're still desirable because you get in this thing and slam on the gas and you're going 60 miles an hour in 3.5 seconds. Oh. So it just slams your head back <laughs> against the... It's so uh, good, the, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. And it's so smooth and it's quiet. And I love the minimal interior. They have... Uh, it's kind of weird, but it's like there's an iPad mounted in the center and that has all your controls and your speedometer. And I got the autopilot, so you can just turn that on and it drives itself on the freeway. I, I've never cared about cars before. I didn't really think much about cars, but this is the first time I've ever like kind of salivated over a car and... Now I have it. So it's great. And we're going to get solar in a month or so here. So the car will just be completely powered by the sun. So that's going to be awesome. That is too. so cool. <laughs> awesome. You know, it's so funny because people do salivate over, you know, the hot cars and the sports cars yeah. and other things, trucks, you know, but you're right. There is something kind of cool. And especially if you're kind of a tech person, there's something mm-hmm. really awesome about salivating over a Tesla just because <laughs> oh, of the yeah. technology. I mean, it is Knight Rider. Except, you know, more modern doesn't talk to us like that. But you're totally right because I'm a huge Apple geek and yeah. I used to work at Apple and I always like the gadgets, the iPhones and, and I got totally my Apple watch here. And I do have, I think it's hitting that same part in my brain as Tesla as those gadgets do. Yeah, for sure. So now do you have full auto pilot capability and also permission? There's two different tiers. There's, uh, uh, they call it autopilot and then there's full self-driving and full self-driving. You could pay extra and get that capability, but it's not fully developed yet. And also it's not legal. So okay. if you, if I, I didn't get that, so, but if you pay for that, then you're paying on the hopes that they do develop the software enough that the car can go from point A to point B by itself and that they get legal uh, permission to do it. So what autopilot is, is you're on the freeway, you turn it on and it will go to whatever max speed you set unless there's a car in front of you, then it slows down by itself and it will also follow the road, but it won't like exit off and make turns and stop at stop signs and stuff like that. So you have to be paying attention all the time and you're supposed to have your hands on the wheel all the time. So if you take your hands off, it'll, it'll flash a little thing every once in a while to remind you. Okay. So they really want to, you know, make sure that you're not just going to sleep or getting into the passenger seat or something like <laughs> right. that. Yeah. You know. Gaming. But it's, it's really cool. You, yeah. you can also just, you don't have to do the auto steer. You can just turn on what's called traffic aware cruise control. So that way, let's say I set it to 65 miles an hour, then it will just go that speed unless there's a car in front of me. And even if that stop and go traffic and you're, you go all the way down to zero, then as soon as the car in front of you takes off, then you'll just take off. You don't have to do anything. And it was so weird when I first tried that. I was, it was during a test drive and the guy's all, okay, the car in front of me started slowing down. He's all, don't press on the brake because he knew I, yeah. you just want to because you're afraid, right? Yeah, yeah. But the car sl- slows down by itself. And after it didn't take very long at all for me to get used to that. And, uh, trust it but with the auto steering on the freeway it's great but i've had using it just on a regular road and you know when i went through an intersection it kind of jerked to the right a little bit and i'm like ooh i don't know man i don't know this i mean i i still i use it but i definitely i'm going to be paying close attention yeah. and have my hands on the wheel the whole time yeah yeah yeah, a lot of the new cars have that, what they call the steering lane assist kind of thing, where it actually yeah. does steer you and stuff. But still, you're right. It's kind of that, well, what if the what if the paint's not fresh? 
what if it's yeah. raining you know it's probably a good idea now but or i have heard in front of your camera or something oh yeah exactly and i guess it doesn't you know seem white that, right the road that you're driving on yeah the road has to be perfect the lines have to be there the yeah. sun, you know everything has to be there so the thing that's going to fix it is when the cars are actually talking to other cars on the yeah. road i've had the car for a couple of weeks now i've used the auto driving a lot and it's 99% of the time just been perfect. So I don't want to paint it like it's bad. I have had a couple of those little moments that make me feel like, I don't know. <laughs> sure. And, and it's technology, you know, nothing is perfect in that, but it's probably still safer in general, you know, than absolutely. A, a I mean, there driver. was even one time when I was driving and sometimes my wife will tell you, I don't notice uh, that the car in front of me on the freeway has stopped. And so I slam on the brakes too late i mean it's not like i'm gonna run into it but it kind of scares her and i noticed the car like start slowing down before i noticed that they were slowing down so i think it really can be actually safer sometimes than a human driver i think it's great most times yeah most times the thing that i've heard about it that fascinated me is that the car will park itself the teslas anyway and or if your car is you know in a parking lot and it's raining or snowing or whatever you just call the car and it comes and picks you up and i don't know if that's something that's in the three or not but it was in it was in the s and x i think that's in an x and a high end s well there's a feature called summon that and i don't know about the model s and x but for the three that's the idea eventually it's not quite there yet what it will do now is you can tell it to go forwards or backwards so if you're in a tight spot you can be standing outside and and do summon and it'll back up to where you are or if you need to go into the garage or whatever. And I did, I did put that on when my seven year old was in the car, I stepped out of the car and then I didn't tell I was going to do it. And all of a sudden I had it move towards me and he's like, (laughs) and then all of a sudden you're like, stop (laughs) hand out. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. The other thing I really like about Tesla is there's when you're buying a car, you're buying a car. Let's say you didn't get, they can always do like software updates to it, right? Mm-hmm. So yes. you could get new features later without having to buy another car. Yeah. Right. There's one coming out really soon and it's going to suggest lane changes depending on what you've keyed in as your destination. Nice. And different things like that. There's a couple other features. They're putting in like Pac-Man and Missile Command, but you can only play it when you're parked. <laughs> Sweet. Uh, and then, oh yeah, the other thing I, I can't let this discussion go without mentioning is it's just so nice to be able to drive home, plug my car in and not worry about it. And then when I wake up in the morning, it's fully charged and then I don't ever have to go to a gas station. So that's that's been great. Yeah. And not to mention that if there's any updates or repairs or anything, it does it overnight wirelessly. Yeah. So cool. As long as they decide not to take over your car someday right you know <laughs> and just drive everyone off cliffs or yeah something. see that's the only fear i have but i mean you hope fear. that these people are a little bit more humane that's the fear i have about full autonomous is yeah if you know like i mentioned before is like if the car says there's a 30 percent chance you know there's a 60 percent chance i'm gonna crash and kill these guys or it's like do I do that or do I just throw you off the cliff? Exactly. Kill one person. Yep. Yeah. Right. Yep. You know, it's that kind of thing. Like it's how it's and programmed, you know? That's so you'd be like, person. definitely kill the other people. <laughs> yeah, the, the needs of the many outweighed the needs of the few, man. It's, uh, it, it's going to have Vulcan logic in it. I'm going to stay away from San Francisco. I'll just tell you that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I want to have override command so I can be like, nope, give me the steering. Oh, there's no steering wheel. Oh, crap. 
So Lord Thunder, I know you're uh, you're you're kind of like a transporter. You're out there doing stuff and driving around. You have to you have to leave. Well, you know, LA traffic. You know how it is. I need to get back on the road. Okay, so you're transporting some kind uh, of precious unknown cargo for you know I, cool million. I can't say. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for being on, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for having me. As always, uh, it's yeah. been a pleasure, Jason. It's always nice chatting with you too. Yeah, totally. Good to talk to you. Have a good one, guys. See ya. All right, so Mr. Watt and I are going to uh, finish up here on some some gaming thoughts. Awesome. Because, so now you just finished Spider-Man. Yeah. Without too many uh, you know spoilers, tell spoilers. me about it. Spoilers. I don't have a lot of time for games, so but the ones that just, you know, when you get into a game and you just can't stop thinking about it yeah. and every free moment you have, you go play it. It was like that for me. Wow. So I finished it and it's it's amazing. I mean, it's been my favorite superhero and I think I might have talked about this in, when we were on before, but this game, it, it's a really lifelike recreation of Manhattan. It has all the spots like the, the Freedom Tower and you know Central Park and uh, even down to the little details. But then it has all the Marvel Universe buildings. So you get to go to Avengers Tower and oh, uh, nice. Doctor Strange's Sanctorium and all this kind of stuff. And when you're swinging around, it's like Spider-Man in the movies where th- there's really good physics. Oh, wow. It's the best swinging of a Spider-Man game ever by far. And the fighting too. And you web people to walls and you web them and jerk them towards you and punch them and you're flipping around like an acrobat and all this. It's just amazing. So I just loved it. And then the stories there too. You get a lot of Peter Parker moments with Aunt May and it's really captures the feel of the Spider-Man comics down and out. And yeah, he can't afford the rent and all this kind of stuff like that. Oh, nice. (laughs) So it is only on PS4. I think it is, yeah. yeah and I bad. think it's by Insomniac mm-hmm. who did Ratchet and Clank and I forget what the other big game they did. They're talking about using this as a springboard to doing more Marvel Universe games because it was such a huge hit. Sure. So I, I'm excited about that. And they're, of course, working on a sequel and everything. That is cool. Yeah, well, it looks like they've already got a add-on. It looks like a DLC city that never sleeps. Yeah, I don't think get it's out right. yet. It comes out in a couple of weeks, but that's how games are, right? These days, yeah, I out. think they plan all that stuff out so they can squeeze every last buck out of you, but I'm excited mm-hmm. to play it. <laughs> it is out, by the way. Oh, it is? Yeah. I but, thought it said October 23rd. Uh, no, that's the heist. So the city that never sleeps is out. The heist comes out October 23rd. Turf Wars, November. Silver Lining, December. So there you go. Wow, that's They're so cool. I didn't know that was out. Okay, yeah. I got to go. Yeah, I know. Yeah, let's go. So, okay, let me let me just. I want to talk about this really quick because this goes right along with what you're just talking about with Spider Man. I'm not much of a solo gamer, as you know. However, I want to shout out to Furioso for sending me this very interesting article and video on Twitch gaming. And one of the uh, let's, I think he's in the top twenty Twitch gamers was just saying, "Hey, I'm going to peel back the curtain. I'm going to tell you a little bit about how we're making money on Twitch, how this works." And some suggestions on, you know, if you're really serious about doing a Twitch channel, here's how to do it right. I was blown away how much money these guys are making. Now, granted, these are top 20 gamers. You know, this guy has 10,000 subscribers. So that's a lot, right? Uh, In fact, I think the number one Twitch gamer is making around a 420,000 a month on average. Amazing. Yeah. Now, he, who is a 10,000 subscriber only, by the way, which is a lot less than this other guy has, is making about 40,000 a month. Wow. Now, of course, that's high end. That's crazy. These guys have been doing it. They're unique and all that. But I was even doing some calculations based on how Twitch pays people. 
even if you had, and I know there's some gamers here, so if you were interested in doing this, even if you only had 500 subscribers, which in my opinion is very easy to get, take some work, but come on, that's not that hard. 10,000 is crazy. 500 is not. 500 subscribers could net you somewhere in the neighborhood of 1,300 to 1,500 a month. That would be awesome. Yeah. And so I'm looking into this as, okay, I game all the time. Uh, well, not all the time, but you know what I mean? Like it's a regular thing for me because it's a way for me to connect with friends and have a good time together. Right. But I love the idea behind Twitch because what you're doing is you're gaming, but you're also doing a show, you're broadcasting and you're connecting with people, which of course that's what I love to do. So if I'm solo gaming something like, let's just say Spider-Man or, or something like shadow of the tomb Raider, which I just previewed by the way on Xbox one playing some of the new games and doing some stuff would be a lot of fun. Of course, I would love retro gaming, you know, once in a while, it's like, let's go back and play something kind of fun, you know, or, or, or play a game that's older that we haven't played before because it's, you know, $5 on Steam or something. And one of the other things that I love about Twitch is that you can cross. So you can say, well, I'm going to play a PC game tonight. Tomorrow night, I'm going to play Xbox. The next night, I'm going to play PS4. It doesn't matter. Your channel still broadcasts it, you know, as is. Now, here's the thing, though. I'm not a gaming expert. I jump from game to game. That's my personality. I don't care if I'm the best or not. We play Overwatch a lot. I can hold my own, but I'm not the most amazing Overwatch gamer because I don't play 20 hours every day. I don't want to. So loving variety, being able to test out the new episodes, being able to have a community of people watching it. The question is, though, and I think you might be able to help answer this one, Mr. What is what's a unique angle on this? I think with Twitch, and I don't know because I haven't really gotten into it, but it seems to me that people watch not just let me watch the best player of this game, but let me watch this person who's entertaining and interesting to yeah as they're talking as they go through, right? I could totally see you doing that. And as far as um, eclectic, I guess that would be the hook. Like, hey, let's try a bunch of different games. Yeah. I think that would be fun to do. I mean, you know, I think it would be really fun to just try it out and see how it goes, right? I agree. I mean, I've actually thought about it too. Um, yeah. Because I'm a gamer and I'm a podcaster, so you put those two things together. Yeah. What do you get? Twitch. Well, I, I know. And I know that some of these guys are either co-oping, so they're they're jumping on and they're playing the game at the same time and they're both talking about it at the same time or... And streaming know, to like two different... You stream the same tree, the same stream. But what it is, is, you know, like it's it's like you and me right now, we both be playing Spider-Man. We're both going through it at the exact same time, the exact same place. And we're talking about it and, you know, but it's one stream. It's one of our streams, but it's our channel. Uh, Mm -hmm. That's one way I've seen it happen. I've seen others do, um, you know, just co-op games. So you're playing co-op games and you've got it that way. And then I've seen others who have completely separate streams who are teaming up and, you know, promoting each other. And there's all kinds of cool ways you can do it. I think what I'm finding is that there are way too many Twitch streams. So I, I think the, the key now is not to like, let's all go do a bunch of new Twitch streams because I think the problem we're going to run into is okay. Once again, just like TV shows too many options. <laughs> so I think what we got to do is figure out, Oh, well, let's, let's figure something out. Let's do something fun. Let's team up and let's combine our efforts and rock something exceptional, but have a good time. I don't know. Let's see about that. Or maybe what we do is, we create some kind of like a, a, you know, co-op channel and there's like multiple of us that are doing, you know, like it's, it's Jason's game night. It's Brian's game night, you know, mm-hmm. just going on and having a good time, but it's one channel. Got the variety. We co-op on some stuff and I don't know. It could be a lot yeah, of fun. I, mean, but- I think it would be good to just start with not trying to figure out a whole big thing first, but just 
get on and try it out and see how you like it, you know? But I could be wrong. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's better to have a huge grand vision for it. But anyways, either way, I'd be totally down to come on and stream a game if you want to get that going. I'd, I'd love to try it out. Yeah, let's see. We're open to suggestions, of course, too. So, you know, if you have any ideas... Here's what I want to know, honestly, because I, what I don't want to do is go and create the same thing everyone else is doing. I don't want to try to be like the latest and greatest and newest game ever because I want the freedom and the variety to be able to play whatever we want to play. Right. But what I want to know for those of you who do watch Twitch, what are some of the best aspects of Twitch channels that you've seen? What would be your ideal channel? And, you know, what kind of a unique angle would you would you want to see us take? You know, you're not going to come to us and learn how to play the game necessarily. You're not going to come to us because we're the best gamers in the world necessarily. You're going to come to us because I think you said it right. There's some level of entertainment there. Yeah. That or you just want to people you want to spend time with. Yeah. Yeah. So what's some unique thing that you would want to see on a Twitch channel? Yeah. Seriously. Suggestions. Send them our way. Would, would that mean though that I have to also get a PS4? If you're going to play Spider-Man. <laughs> I know, man. <laughs> yeah. I think you should just get a PS4. They're pretty awesome. <laughs> So many people I know are on PS4 now and it's so funny because everyone was on Xbox and so it's like, oh, let's play Xbox and everyone's like, oh, I'm not playing Xbox anymore. I'm on PS4 now and I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> ah, There's I, some great exclusives on there like Uncharted is amazing. Oh yeah, and, uh, I've heard that. I loved Until Dawn. I think that's exclusive and then Spider-Man, of course. That's, yeah. That should just clinch it right there. Nice. Well, okay, you're convincing me. <laughs> <laughs> Do the PSVR. <laughs> Dang it. Even better, man. I want VR. I want to actually try it out. I've never I've never really tried it with the exception of doing Star Wars the Void, which was that augmented reality, but I'd like to try it in actual video game. Yeah, if you're ever in San Francisco, come over. Okay. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. I do like San Francisco, and uh that would be fun to come visit again. Absolutely. Gotta go to Bodine. Gotta get some some clam chowder and sourdough bread bowl, and then I gotta go to Alcatraz so I can kind of revisit my glory days. And then no, I'm kidding. Uh, and then come visit you, man. We'll just come hang out. That sounds like fun. Yeah. You got to find a local coffee shop though. And uh, some local Chinese food. Cause you know, Chinese food in Colorado just really is not very, not very authentic. We have a, a Lucky's down the street. They have folder folders in these big giant mm. tubs. Oh yeah. Okay. You're going to love it. Awesome. And then like number one Chinese buffet or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Oh baby. Oh, we're, we're there, man. I'm booking a flight tomorrow. There's All right. Some Russians running it. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want? Uh, do you have any like mushu chicken? No chicken. We do not have that here. What are you? What are you cooking with? You see dog outside? No. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, so I want to leave you with a a little piece of encouragement here. It's so funny. It's been one of those moments where recently we've been saying, "Hey guys, we're gonna go to uh, you know a volleyball game or a basketball game or we're gonna go out for coffee. We're gonna go out for dinner. We're gonna go to a movie. You know, whatever, right?" And I would say anymore, it just blows my mind. 95 plus percent of the people that I, that we, Sarah and I invite out are always busy. I was asking Sarah, I'm like, is it us? Like, are we the suck of all sucks here? (laughs) Or is it legitimately that they just have the most ridiculously busy life in the world? So, you know, if you actually dig deeper, they're just like, oh my gosh, we're so busy. We have so many things going on. We got 14 Mm -hmm. activities here. We got this and that. And so I've started to ask people when they say, oh my God, I'm so busy. I'm so busy. I'm so stressed and tired. You know, everybody's saying that, right? So Mm -hmm. I've started asking, was it good stuff? And a lot of times they're like, well, some of it. I'm like, well, do you enjoy, you know, the busyness and what you're doing? Well, not Mm -hmm. always. And then it's amazing. So I've started to ask these little tiny questions and they usually respond with stuff like it's stuff I have to do 
or, well, you know, there's there's a hint of pressure like they need to do it because it's pressure. You know, they won't tell you it's pressure, but like, you know, their neighbors and their their friends that have other kids have, you know, their kids in 15 activities. And so they feel like they need to stuff like that. And I'm starting to realize there's this interesting have to pressure obligation kind of response now when people are just consistently busy. And so I took a step back and I thought maybe we should stop being busy with crap that we hate stuff. We have to do all the time. I mean, there are responsibilities of course. So that, that aside, let's have a full life of joy and things that we love to do. Change your life from busy to full. Yeah. I love that. I think there are definitely some things that all of us have to do Mm -hmm. and we're not going to enjoy them, but we got to do them. But even with that, just to have that in mind, like I'm super busy and how much of this am I really enjoying and do I really want to be doing? Because if you have that mindset, I'm sure that you could find some things that you will realize, no, I don't need to be doing this. I could be doing something that I would rather be doing instead. Totally. And are you okay saying no sometimes? Exactly. Yeah. Saying, you know, and like that's like Steve, this isn't totally related, but one of the things, the main things that Steve Jobs taught and did and practiced at Apple was, you know, they had so much talent there and so many opportunities and ideas, but he would say, well, you got to say no to 99% of that stuff so that the stuff that you really do commit to, you can give it your all. And so it was a lot about saying no, 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 even if it was a good idea sometimes. Yeah. (laughs) There's a lot of goods, but there's only a couple rights. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. I like that. Have a full life. Don't have a busy life. All right. You know what the music means? It means it's over. Yeah, man. Well, thank you. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Thanks for being on, Mr. What? Appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah, it was a blast. Where do we thank find you. you? Go to House Podcastica. I mean, go to podcastica.com. Okay. House Podcastica, <laughs> though, is really cool, too. <laughs> Podcastica.com, realbryanshow.com. Thanks for joining us. Have a great week. The Real Brian Show is signing off. The Real Brian Show is a production of 514 Media at 514mediaempire.com.